Hey, we're going to go ahead. You can go ahead and turn enter on your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Um, we're going to continue walking through the Christmas story. We're going to talk about a portion of the Christmas story that I bet you'll be surprised about, and it's about the birth of Jesus. It's okay to laugh at that. Um, it, it, I know you came in just kind of thinking we weren't going to talk about the Christmas story that much, right? It is Christmas at Radiate after all. Um, so the past few weeks, here's what we've been doing. We've been walking through... Uh, the Christmas story in different ways. Uh, at Radiate, I've already kind of alluded to it. We like to do things a little bit different. We like to add a creative flair. We like to bring the gospel to life and how do we live that out each and every day and become everything that God's created us to be. And one of the ways we've done that is we've done a series called Christmas at the Movies. And uh, we've done three weeks of that. We talked about the Grinch. We talked about the Polar Express, which in my opinion is the absolute weirdest Christmas movie. Anybody with me? Come on. Yeah, like some of y'all that have set, have agreed with me the rest of the week, y'all are not agreeing with me today. So either you watched it this week or somebody next to you loves the Polar Express and you just don't want to tell me that today. The Polar Express and then last week we talked about Elf, which in my opinion is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And uh, if you disagree with that, you're welcome to be wrong. It really doesn't matter. That's up to you. Uh, but we talked about, you know, characters in the Christmas story, the biblical Christmas story, and how that applies to our lives and what we can learn from that. And so today we want to kind of continue on that mold and we want to kind of continue in that vein as we talk about the Christmas story and what it looks like and what we can learn. And today we're kind of going to lean into this idea of a main character, a major player in the Christmas story by the name of Joseph. We want to talk about Joseph a little bit. What does Joseph have to do with us? How can we live it out? How does he uh, live out the Christmas story? And how can we do that? And my goal today, if I'm going to be real honest with you, is to give us a very clear representation of this idea. And the idea is this. I'm going to give it to you at the beginning instead of the end. Is that the grand scheme of God, the grand scheme of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, even to today, the grand scheme of it all is simple. It is that God wants to dwell with his people. It is honestly that easy. It is that simple. Why is his name is Jesus? Why does that matter? Because Jesus is how he bridges the gap from e of eternity between him and us. His name is Jesus matters because all God has ever wanted, all God wants from us is simple. He just wants to dwell with us. See, I, I'm going to go ahead and clear up. Some, a lot of us, most of us in this room will have a question like, well, what was I created for? I'm going to tell you right now. You ready? You were created to be loved. It's honestly that simple. We make Christianity and we make the story of God way harder than it has to be. You were created to be loved by God. That's it. You weren't created to be perfect. You weren't created to have all the answers. You weren't created to have it all together. You weren't created to go to the perfect church because if I can be honest with you, you're not at one today. If this was the perfect church, I say it like this all the time, I would mess it up because I'm not a perfect man, don't claim to be. That's not why you were created anyway. You were created to be loved by God. That the almighty creator of the universe, the father of heaven and earth, just wants to dwell with us so bad. He wants to wrap his arms around his kids so bad that he will do whatever it takes to be with us. That's the story of Christmas. That's the story of Jesus' birth. That's why his name is Jesus matters. That's why that song is powerful. That's why I can watch that video 15,000 times and tear up every time because it is the story of God wanting to dwell with us. And we're going to look at what does it look like with Joseph. Now, 
Let's look at Joseph for a minute. Let's kind of look at some background. I say it like this all the time. Context is key. And so if we miss the context around the characters or the scriptures, we're going to miss a lot of meat in there that God wants us to have. So I want you to walk out of here today and know that you're created to be loved by God, and that's what he wants. And I want you to be able to celebrate Christmas at a little bit deeper level this year. Maybe it's because you'll give your life to him in just a few moments for the first time, or maybe it's because you kind of get a deeper understanding of who he is and his love in your, in your life. So let's look at Joseph for a minute. Joseph was a man that was engaged to be married to a woman. The woman's name was Mary. Here's what I know. I don't have to tell you the Christmas story. You know the Christmas story. We all know the Christmas story. You can watch Charlie Brown Christmas and know the Christmas story. That is a good classic. I should have done that one this year, Christmas at the movies. But the truth is, is there's so much more depth to it. So Joseph is kind of like that. Joseph knows what's supposed to happen. Joseph knows that in that day, Everybody is waiting on what they call, who they call the Messiah, the Savior. They're waiting on Jesus' birth. Now, here's the, the part that makes it a little muddy, if you will. They're all waiting on Jesus' birth. And this is important to know. We've talked about this each week of the series. But it's important to know that prior to the birth of Jesus, prior to the angel, uh, the angel Gabriel meeting with Mary and Joseph and meeting with uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, Prior to that, God was silent. Does anybody know how many years? 400 years. God was silent for 400 years. We'll get more into that in a minute. It's just good to know going in. And so during all of that, Joseph knows religion. He knows what he's supposed to believe. He knows where he's supposed to go. He knows who he's waiting for. He knows what he's supposed to look like, what he's supposed to do. He knows all these things. Joseph knows a lot about what was supposed to happen. Now, Joseph's life was about to change because he was going to have a son. If you have kids, if you're, you have nieces, nephews, grandkids, any of that, you know, right, that when you have a baby, everything changes, right? Everything, it changes everything. I saw some young parents in the room go, uh-huh. It just changes, it uproots everything. It changes your schedule. It changes the way you live life. It changes everything. But Joseph's life wasn't about to change just because he was about to have a kid. Joseph's life was about to change because what he knew about the story was about to meet reality because he wasn't just meeting his son, he was meeting the Savior. And he was about to realize that not only was I, am I having a son, but I am literally about to raise the savior of the universe. The one that would pay for the debt of sin across the world for the rest of eternity. I am gonna meet him. And Joseph's life was about to change forever. Not because of a son, but because of a savior. Here's what I know. As we have hundreds and hundreds of people that come through our Columbia campus today, as we, have, as we have hundreds of people that come through our Florence campus today, as we have hundreds and hundreds of people that join us online this week, as we have so many that come to our candlelights this week on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, here's what I know. The truth is, as many of you are like Joseph. I was like Joseph. We know the story. We know what we're supposed to think about it. We know the major characters. We know that on, on December the 25th, it's Christmas Day, and we're supposed to celebrate Christ's birth on Christmas Day. Joseph knew when things and what to do on those certain days, and a lot of us are just like Joseph. But at some point, there comes a moment where it's no longer a story, and you meet the Savior. And life changes when it goes from a story to salvation, where it goes from something I just know because of religion 
to someone that I've encountered through relationship. And everything changes because I go from just knowing the story to now I'm at a place where I'm living the story. I've met the Savior. I've met the one that is going to change everything. I've met the one that saved my life. I've met the one that is going to redeem my soul. And many of you today are like, Joseph, you know the story. But here's what I want you to know. You're about to meet the Savior. You're about to meet the Savior. It's going to change your life forever. In fact, let's read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 today. If you're with me, say, I'm good. good. Yeah. All right, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 says this. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Let me give a little background to this. Context is key. It wasn't just that Joseph was like, I just want to be a nice guy right now. So you got to understand in that day, if you got married, or not married, if you got pregnant out of wedlock and you were engaged to be married to somebody, you could be stoned to death in town center. You basically had to live the rest of your life with a scarlet letter on your chest, if you remember that from high school, and you were, you were just shamed all the time because you did not uphold your commitment to things. And so he had every right, because how many of, let's be honest, if your fiance came to you and said, I'm pregnant, but it's, it, I didn't do anything wrong, it's by God. How many of you'd be like, oh, okay, that makes complete sense. No, you would, I know you wanna act holy in church, but we would all be like, oh, yeah, is that, is that what you're going with? Really? That's what we're going to do here? That's where Joseph was. He was like, okay, you're pregnant by God through the Holy Spirit, and you're carrying the Messiah that everybody on the planet is waiting on. Right, Mary, gotcha. But instead of sending her away and doing what he should have done to shame her throughout, he goes, you know what? She really believes this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send her away quietly. I'm going to let her go and start a new life without me, because I'm not going through that. And so he says he's going to send her away secretly. Verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now let's stop for a minute. Why is an angel quoting a prophecy from man? Because God hasn't spoken in 400 years. So he's going back to what they reference, which is, which is God speaking through a person. Now watch this. We just talked about this. Joseph knows this stuff, right? So the angel's looking at Joseph and going, everything you believe is right. Everything that you've been taught is right. And I'm about to show you how not only were you taught it, but I need you to be a part of it. And I think God's looking at some of us today and he's going, I don't just need you to know it. I want you to be a part of it. I've given you friendships and relationships and abilities and purpose and drive and passion inside of you, not to just know something, but to be a part of what I'm trying to do in the earth. I want you to be a part of the story. I want you to be a part of bringing salvation to people. That's essentially what the angel is saying in this moment to Joseph. In verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep 
And he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son in his name, or he called his name, guess what? Jesus. Man, I, I love the story as we're looking at how Joseph and Mary play into this thing and what does it look like in the context of knowing that Joseph was an honorable man that was trying to honor his, his fiance at that time. He was gonna send her away secretly and, and then all of a sudden, you ever thought about doing something and like there's this voice on the inside that's like, yeah, how about don't do that? You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what happened except it was an angel showing up at your foot, uh, uh, the foot of your bed. Like, hey, uh, Joseph, let's not go that route. That's not what we should be doing. And he begins to tell him the story of Christmas. Here's just a few things that we can learn from the life of Jesus this Christmas. Here's a few things that we can learn, and it all points to God wanting to dwell with us. Number one is this, God is always working in your life. I need you to hear me when I say that, because some of you walked in and you've been wondering what God sounds like. You've been wondering why God isn't working. You've been wondering why your prayers haven't been answered. You've been wondering all those things. I just need you to know today, just because you don't see him working doesn't mean he isn't working. Here's what I need you to know. Joseph felt like that. He knew about God. He knew about the story of Christmas. He knew what was supposed to take place. But for 400 years, nobody had heard from God. For 400 years, nobody got to see the moving of God. For 400 years, nobody got to see God doing anything. But all of a sudden, the angel shows up and goes, I've been preparing behind the scenes. I've been preparing you and Mary for a moment that you're going to carry the salvation of the world through Jesus Christ into society, and you're going to birth the Savior of the universe. Just because you don't think he's working doesn't mean he's not. Just because you don't know. I love the great theologian Garth Brooks. <laughs> He's got a song. I reference this every now and then. He's got a song that says this. Sometimes I thank God. I'm not going to sing it because you'll get jealous that you don't have my voice. Sometimes I thank God for what? Now we know he wasn't really a theologian. Some of you are like, was he really a theologian? No, he's not. He's not. But. He had some theology in that. Because the truth is, sometimes an unanswered prayer is an answered prayer. And even when I don't see him working, doesn't mean he's not working. Just because I, I'm not on his, I don't think he's on, I'm on his mind in that moment doesn't mean I'm not on his mind. It's kind of like this. We're about to go through a week where Christmas is coming up and we got family dinners right? Santa Claus is going to come, you know, all this stuff's going to take place and gifts are now filling up under the trees. Everybody. I talked, I've talked to one family today that actually told me they were completely done with Christmas. One family out of everybody. The rest of you, y'all have got to get on track, okay? Let's go. Get to work. But you're going to go and you're going to do these things and you're going to get gifts. For me, I am not ashamed to tell you that my love language is gifts. I love getting gifts Last week, somebody gave me a gift with some, with some salsa and some cheese dip and some, to some to tostitos, like tortilla, praise God. I love, I love gifts, right? It's just, I know y'all are like, well, you're pretty selfish. Well, you judge me later. Anyway, but here's the thing about gifts. I love to give gifts. I legitimately love giving gifts. In fact, my wife gets mad at me every year because I start buying her gifts in like September or October. And I just like fill it up. I just go and buy a ton of gifts. I just love giving gifts. I love the excitement on somebody's face. I especially love it when I nail it. You know that feeling? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? When you get the gift and they open it and, they, and you know. 
You see it on their face, and you're like, I nailed this one. And then you're like, just forget about the rest of them. Just keep that one. We're good. Truthfully, that's why I get so many gifts, because I'm just hoping one of them is like the gift, right? The more I get, the chances are. And you're going to get that gift. And here's why I love, one of the reasons I love gifts. Because when you get that gift, I want you to realize that while you were at work, and while you were sitting down to budget, And while you were parenting your kids and while you were at that sporting event with your kids and while you were taking, hanging out with friends, while you were at your life group, while you were at church, someone was sitting on Amazon, because isn't that how everybody does it now? Someone was sitting on Amazon thinking about you and you had no idea. You had no idea they were thinking about you. You had no idea they were sitting there going, I wonder if they would like this. You know what? They'll love this. This fits their personality or this fits them or a need or I've heard them say this and they were thinking about you. It reminds me a little bit of the Bible where the Bible says that after Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected on the third day and then once he resurrected it says that he goes and sits at the right hand of the Father and it says he intercedes for you and for me. What does that mean? Here's what that literally means. It means that God is talking about, or Jesus is talking about you to God even when you don't know it. You are in his mouth and in God's ear. You are being talked about. You are being prayed for. And he's not just talking about your bad hair day. He's not just talking about the problems that you have. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about, God, man, we're going to bless them. And I know the blessings that are coming to them. Man, God, they've been praying. They've been faithful. God, they're trying. They're trying to get this place. They're trying to get that thing. And the thing is, is it's just like a gift. It's this idea that you have no idea that he's thinking about you, but he is. You may not know that he's working for you, but I can promise you, as someone that's been on the other side of not knowing, he's always working. It's almost like you showed up here today. You came in and and you got to experience a little bit of snow outside and you got to come in and have some fun, maybe a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate, a few high fives, some handshakes, meet some people you didn't know, see some people you did, all that stuff. You got to sit down. We got to tear up during a video. We got to worship together and sing together and have some fun together. We've had all that time together. But what you probably don't realize is this isn't just an hour of preparation, a 65-minute service. See, you don't know the hours of prayer that have gone into the seat that you're sitting in. You don't know the hours of preparation it's taken uh, to come up with a, a message that helps us understand the gospel in a new way. You don't understand the fact that the person that invited you has prayed over you and thought about how to invite you and, and, and whatever I need to do to get them here. And you see what I'm saying? Even when you just didn't think anybody was thinking of you, people were praying for you and people were inviting you and people were a part of, of bringing you to hear about the gospel. God is always working in your life. Number two is, this one is, is great. God is paying your bills. Now, I'm not talking about like electric bill and water bill and car bill and house bill. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. God paid the bill of sin. See, God always wants to just dwell with us. That's the whole goal is God just wants to dwell with his people. He wants to be in the presence of his people and the way that he could pay the bill of sin. See, here's what sin does. Isaiah teaches that sin builds a wall between us and God. In other words, it creates a divide between us and the creator of the universe, us and Father God, the Father of heaven and earth. See, it creates a divide, but he said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send my son Jesus 
the pure spotless lamb, the one that would never get it wrong. And he's going to be birthed in humble beginnings. He's going to be birthed in a stable, in a manger, around a bunch of animals with wise men coming. And for some reason, the drummer boy wouldn't stop doing it. He just kept drumming. And all this stuff is taking place. And he said, and he's going to live for 30 years and he's going to prepare for three years of ministry. And then he's going to give his life in a difficult, torturous manner. And he's going to take to the cross every sin that divides us from God. And he's going to hang it on the cross. And I'm literally going to crucify everything that divides me from my people. And then he's going to rise up and he's going to defeat death, hell, and the grave through the resurrection on the third day. And that is the freedom that my people get to have, to have eternal relationship with me. God has paid your bill. You can't pay it. I don't care how good you are, how great you are, how nice you are. You can't pay a bill of eternal separation. But Jesus can, and Jesus has, and he's already paid the bill, and you get to walk out and enjoy eternal life because he paid the bill for you. In fact, Jesus didn't just come as a baby. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, it tells us what Jesus came for. It says this, for the Son of Man, being Jesus, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Guess who he's talking about? Me and you. Me and you, because we're not God enough. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not holy enough. We're not perfect enough. We're not righteous enough to pay for something that separates us from a holy God. But Jesus is. And he is the one that said, I love them so much that I will freely give what they can't pay. I'll pay the bill. And the beautiful thing is, is he ain't done. He's not done. In John chapter 20, in verse 21, it says it like this. It it says, uh, let me get to it. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, watch this, I also send you. See, God's going, hey, I came to save your life. But now I want you to go and tell others how I saved your life so that I can save theirs too. I want you to live it out this Christmas. I want you to celebrate this Christmas. It, it reminds me again of the, of the present. You know, one of the other things I love about a present, it lets me know that people were thinking of me when I didn't think they were. I don't have to pay for a present you give me. Isn't that good? Like, you don't give me a gift and I hand you my debit card and you swipe it. Right? You, you, you're not going to hand me a gift and give me the receipt and go, now if you could take this to the store and pay that, and then you get the gift. You get a receipt now, and if somebody does do that to you, you hand them a receipt back and be like, nah, I'm good, thank you, right? No, you don't do that, why? You pay for it. When I buy you a gift, it comes out of my bank account, not yours. When, 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 when I get you something that I think you'll enjoy or you've told me you want it or whatever, I get to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it, it's free to you. It's the same thing, God goes, hey, I got a gift for you. His name is Jesus. Oh yeah, what's that gonna cost? It must cost perfection. I can't be perfect, so I'm just not gonna give it in my life. Hey, what's that gonna cost? I gotta go to church every single week for the rest of my life? No, it don't cost that. Here's what it costs. Acceptance. That's it. He paid for it. We do the other things, why? Because of the gift. We don't do it for the gift. We do it because of the gift. We do it because the gift is so strong. We do it because the gift is so great. So number one, God is always working in your life. Number two, God is paying your bill. And number three, we can learn this, God wants you to accept the gift. 
Accept the gift. Now, we've been talking about this gift, right? We've been talking about this, and there's a gift here. And, and here's the thing about a gift. Have you ever tried to give somebody a gift and they don't want to take the gift? It's like there's a, there's a verbal argument that takes place. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I got you this. Oh, well, you shouldn't have. I mean, I'm aware of that. Or, or this one. I love this one. You didn't have to do that. You're right. I don't have to do anything. But I chose to because I just want to give you a gift. And then, have you ever done this? I've had this one happen a few times, right? So you want to give somebody a gift and you're like, hey, I got you this. And they just like stand there and continue talking to you and won't hold the gift. And it's like, are you ever like, this isn't for me. This is for you. And I'm kind of tired of holding it. So if you could like take the gift, I mean, that'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to accept the gift at some point. Here's, here's the reality, is we can have a gift all day long, but it never does anything until, let, let me hook you up, come here for a second, I got a gift for you, man. I'm going to give you this gift, right? I want to take it, that's right. But it, and it does no good as long as I hold on to it. You know what else it does no good for? As long as it's still in that bag. Why don't you open that up real quick, see what's in there. Yeah, come here, come here buddy, help, help him out. Open the gift. Come on. It's at the bottom. You're not going to break it. There you go. That's a gift for you. You get a, you get a gift card. You can go spend it on whatever you want to go spend it on, right? Now what? <laughs> Love it, man. Now here's the thing, right? So let's stand right here for a second. Here's the thing. That does no good as long as it sits in that bag, does it? You can't walk up to the store and go, here. But you got you to gotta grab this. You got to open it. You got to take it to the store and you got to use it the way it was meant to be used in order for it to be valuable to you, right? That's the same thing. Merry Christmas, buddy. That's the same thing as God's salvation to us. He's got a gift. And he's going, I'm working in your life. I know life is hard. I know life is difficult. I know you're wondering if I hear your prayers and I know you're wondering if I'm ever gonna give you the blessing and you're wondering all these things. I know what you're wondering, but I just need you to know I'm still working in your life. And God's going, not only am I working in your life, but I paid for the gift. You don't owe me a thing. The only thing you have to do to get the gift is not whip out your debit card. It's not to give a certain amount. It's not to pray a certain amount of hours every year. It's not to do those things. We do those things because we love. We give because we love. We, we, we serve and worship because we love. We do those things because of Him. Yeah. Well, they, don't, they don't cost you. In fact, I paid for it. It's all, it's all paid for. Debt cleared. And now He's looking at us and going, but I'm tired of holding the gift. I want you to hold the gift. It wasn't for Christmas, but I remember my 16th birthday, my parents showed up in the driveway with a car. My first car I ever had. It's a car I wanted. It wasn't a new car. It was new to me. It was a Plymouth Laser, five-speed. Had a black dice in the rear view mirror. Couldn't touch me. Let's go. I loved that car. In fact, I, honest to God, would probably still drive that car today if it didn't break down on me a couple years after I got it. It was a great car. But you know what the truth was? And I probably didn't express this at 16 years old the way that I should have. 
But man, I knew in my life, I was like, I, didn't des- I don't deserve this. Like, this is a car. My parents are paying on this thing every month. I'm sure they didn't just go, hey, here, here you go. Here's a few thousand dollars, you know. Like every month, like, I, don't, I don't deserve a, a car. I don't even make the best grades. Why in the world would you trust me with a car? I jumped off a fire escape one time and they gave me a car? <laughs> All these things. But here's the thing about a gift. A gift is often not about what you deserve. It's about the value the giver sees in you. And today, I just need you to know something. It's not about what you've earned. It's about the value God sees in you. And he sees enough value in you to go, I'm going to pay the debt. And I'm going to pay the debt through my son Jesus. And this Christmas, I just want you to unwrap it. And here was the beauty. Though I didn't deserve that gift, I got to enjoy it every day. I got to drive that car. I got to go hang out with my friends. I got to go play sports. I got to, I got to go to, to church. I got to go do all these things because of that gift. There's a lot of life awaiting you. In fact, John chapter 10, verse 10, says it like this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, being Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Or another version says it like this, have it to the fullest. There's a full life ahead of you. And it's all because Jesus has paid the debt. This Christmas, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll sing the carols. We'll have the Christmas trees. We'll open the presents. We'll eat the food. We'll eat the snacks. We'll all eat sugary things that we shouldn't be eating. And then we'll go, I shouldn't have had that. All of us, we do it. But the truth is, without Jesus, it's all just show. And he values you enough to give you that gift. So here's what I want to do. I just want to pray with you. If you're in the house today and you're like, you know what? I want to give him my life. I want to give Jesus my life. I heard about a God that loves me right where I am, but too much to leave me there. I've heard about a God that wants my life. He wants to save me. He wants to redeem me back to relationship with him. And here's what I want to do. I just want to pray with you right where you are. I'm not going to call you to the front. We're not going to uh, embarrass you. But what I do want you to do is pray this in your seat, after me, where you're at. We do have a team getting ready to serve you, and here's why. At Radiate, we believe in not doing life alone. And so for everybody that gives their life to Jesus today, here's what we want. We want to give you a Bible and some resources and someone to connect with that can answer some of those questions and help you live that out each and every day because we can't do it without him, and we can't do it without each other. So if you would, just bow your heads with me today. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, Say, you know what, this Christmas, I just want to give him my life. I just ask that you pray this after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask that you forgive my past, forgive my, fu- my present, and redeem my future. I love you, and I thank you that you love me enough to not give up on me. Give me the eternal life with God that you died for. Help me live it out every single day. And thank you for making room for me in the family of God. With every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer today, can I just ask you to do one simple thing? Just raise your hand right where you're at. Just let me know, hey, I prayed that prayer. I gave my life to Jesus today. I'm gonna start Christmas with a new relationship 
with him. They're going to slip that clipboard in your hand so that we can walk this out with you, answer any questions, pray with you, and just be with you. Come on. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, for loving us like you do. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what's happened in our life, you love us right where we're at. And God, I pray that this Christmas we walk out of here with more joy and freedom and God, more just um, exuberance because of your grace and your love. Take us, God. Mold us. Draw us closer to you. We thank you for the grace, the forgiveness, and the love of Jesus in our life this Christmas season. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we make some noise for life change in the house today?